This episode of Behind the Bots is brought to you by Fingertech Robotics, North America's top manufacturer of combat robotics parts. If you're interested in building your first combat robot, check out Fingertech's Viper Kit, which includes everything you need to build a fully functional, competitive ant weight. Fingertech also carries a complete line of wheels, hubs, motors, and other components if you want to build a bot from the ground up. Check them out online at www.fingertechrobotics.com. Fighting winter colds on the upper deck, this is Behind the Bots, the podcast that brings you the stories of the builders behind BattleBots. I'm Luke. And I'm Kyle. And today on the podcast, our interview with Al Kindle and Bunny Sariel. Chris and Lindsay were supposed to be here, but uh, their internet went out and they have no idea how to get it back. So uh, you're stuck with Kyle and I tonight. Um, so uh, I guess I'm, I'm sorry in advance. However, the great thing is, Chris and Lindsay, they did uh, interview Al and Bunny, so you're going to hear all four of us. So uh, I guess um, just have to suffer through news and bumpers with just the two of us. Uh, We're going to wrap up our show with this week's installment of Robots Around the World. If you like our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, CastBox, Player FM, and Podbean. Follow us on Facebook at Behind the Bots and tell a friend. We really appreciate your support. Now, Kyle... Before we get into this week's news, I have two quick announcements to get to. First, uh, I don't know. Did I tell you this? I, uh, <laughs> I'd like to update you all on my toxic sticker eating challenge. Um, as you will recall from last week's episode, I lost an ill-informed bet where I pledged to eat five BattleBot stickers of Switchback Wanna Fight and then realized that um, all of the vinyl stickers in my collection contain toxic microplastics. Kyle, did you know that I I, I negotiated, well, no, I negotiated, that sounds uh, that sounds way, way too um, proactive. Greg Needell reached out to me and offered me a compromise, Kyle. Uh, okay, w- what, did he, what did he offer? Okay, so instead of stickers, and by the way, Greg, this is so gracious of you, and I just wanted to thank you for for extending this. Um, He said, I really don't want you to eat toxic microplastics. So instead, how about we do a very large temporary tattoo that I will uh, put on my my arms, my forearms, and uh, I will wear it on the next Norwalk Havoc livestream? I thought this was going a different direction see when i checked in on that chat okay you guys were talking about doing a custom cake printing and so oh. i thought you were gonna have to do a like mukbang <laughs> right okay good like um like uh like just me crying because the cake is far too large is that right just eating it in one sitting yeah just you stuffing your face full of way too much cake and uh i thought that's what we were gonna have to do i thought that was gonna be after the last fight at 2 a.m at norwalk havoc just you stuffing your face full of switchback cake this is uh this is much better so uh yeah you're gonna watch me kind of just uh wear these switchback tattoos maybe maybe two 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 tattoos who knows um on the live stream so uh i guess tune in in late march for that um 
Second announcement, uh, speaking of stickers, Malice Captain Bunny Sariel has very graciously offered us a little Malice memorabilia prize pack exclusively for Behind the Bots listeners. If you have a Malice fan in your life and you want to win this for them or win this for yourself, go to our Facebook page and look for the contest post. We'll pick a winner at random on the show next week. All right, time for this week's Combat Robotics News. I have four news items for you today. First up, we're headed to Hamroll, New Jersey, where blacksmith Captain Al Kindle has put up for auction the ultimate piece of blacksmith memorabilia, the team's battle-damaged Power Hammer arm cover. There's lots of time left to bid on this item, which ends on Sunday. As of Monday night, bidding stood at $80. On over to Texas, where three of our favorite BattleBots teams are planning yet another BattleBots watch party, this time at a brewery in Dallas. If you happen to be in the area and want to check it out, the teams behind Sub-Zero, Switchback, and Dragon Slayer will be holding their watch party on Thursday, March 10th at Petty Cola's Brewing Company. Look for the link in this week's show notes. On over to Connecticut, where the team behind Huge admits they underestimated how popular their angry eyes would be with fans and ended up selling out their entire stock in just 24 hours. As we reported on the show last week, the team had been selling exact replicas of their bot's eyes for $40 each. Good news, they've opened up a fresh round of pre-sales, so if you've been thinking about buying a pair for someone's birthday and you didn't manage to get it in under those first 24 hours, you should go pre-order those eyes right now. Check for the link on Huge's Facebook page. And finally, it's one of our favorite times of the year, BattleBots application season. Every week, brand new teams send in application videos that range from the painfully awkward to the incredibly amazing. I want to call out two of the incredibly amazing applications that we saw this week. First, from Malice team member David Small, who's applying to BattleBots season seven with a heavyweight pneumatic flipper called Banshee. David loves flippers and has competed for years at the smaller weight classes with his bots, the Highlander and Kelpie. Second, there's a bot that is adorable, hilarious, and honestly, truly, I am saying this from the bottom of my heart, it perfectly encapsulates the spirit of BattleBots. For me, Doomba. Built by Mammoth team member Bryce Farrell, Doomba appears to be a Roomba-shaped robot with an undercutter on the bottom of the bot and an articulated chainsaw on the top. It's gorgeous, it's perfect, it's hilarious, and I instantly just fell in love with this robot. Cannot wait to see it. Uh, check out links to both application videos in this week's show notes. Uh, Kyle, I want to pause here. Did you get to check out the uh, Banshee application video? Did you check out the Doomba application video? What were your thoughts after seeing these? Of course. I love this time of year. This is my favorite uh, part of BattleBots. The, the, um, the speculation of what could be for next year, you know, the, the, the new bots that are proposed and all that. Um, Doomba looks awesome. Bryce was a big part of Battle Royale with Cheese before he joined Mammoth. Um, so he is used to, or he has been on these like kind of tongue-in-cheek robot teams before. Um, I believe he wore, if I'm not mistaken, a giant ketchup costume, maybe a giant mustard costume on that team. Um, I'm looking forward to the hilarity with this new bot. Doomba looks awesome. And... Uh, you should really check out David Small's video for Banshee. He gets super dramatic in it. Um, there's costuming involved. It's pretty sweet. Obviously, I just I really want to play D and D with David Small after watching that video. Um, so yeah, highly recommend checking both of them out. And uh, we see Kelpie um, compete pretty regularly at Norwalk Havoc. It's an amazing little bot. 
uh, fantastic feat of engineering, and I can't wait to see what he does at a heavyweight level. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I didn't realize until um, I saw the Banshee application video, I was like, oh, wow, okay, Kelpie, Banshee, and the Highlander, they're all part of Scottish mythology. Like, it's all part of the yes. same thing. That's amazing. And I felt really dumb. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I it clearly, like, it just shows through, you know, like, his, his love for... Uh, for D and D and probably tabletop games, so uh, yeah, I don't know. It's something to talk about with David the next time that we see him at uh, at Norwalk. And uh, that is it for this week's news. Now, before we get into our interview with Bunny and Al, it's time yet again for Snap Decisions, where we make ill-informed predictions about this week's fight card and score them against your ill-informed predictions. Last week, we had 138 people participate in Snap Decisions. Four people managed to call seven out of seven fight nights fights correctly. Those people, in alphabetical order, were Jacob Rogers, Stephanie Spooner, pardon my French team member Ty Little, and Jeff Russell. Now, as an aside, Jeff left us this little review last week uh, on the podcast writing, quote, I want BattleBots podcast content, so I listen to this podcast, but it isn't very good. They seem to be very young and poorly educated. It is strong on opinions and light on facts. Uh, which... By the way, Jeff, uh, this feedback uh, would have really hurt our feelings if uh, we weren't so poorly educated. So uh, thanks very much for leaving for uh, it for us. Now, um, the uh, easiest fight to call last week was Black Dragon versus Claw Viper, with 130 people correctly predicting that Black Dragon would win. The biggest upset was Glitch versus Hydra, with just 16 people correctly predicting that Glitch would win. Now, before we get into this week's predictions, I guess with just Kyle, uh, I want to take a pause here and get your thoughts on episode eight, Kyle. Uh, We saw a back and forth fiery street fight between Malice and Blacksmith, the unstoppable force of Gigabyte meeting the immovable object of Smee, a near roofing by Hydra before the kids from Berkeley scored a devastating blow for a true come from behind win, a throwback match that ended up going Ray's way this time, and a main event that made me question why we even have rules at BattleBots. Now, uh, Kyle, before we get to your thoughts, remember, Jeff Russell is listening, and he wants fewer opinions on this BattleBots podcast, so please, let's keep it factual. Your thoughts on uh, on this, this past week's fights. You know, unlike you, Luke, I do listen to a lot of BattleBots podcasts and content, and uh, I'm pretty sure we're the oldest people in the podcasting game right now. So, you know, we are we are probably the 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 most poorly educated. Let's let's be real about that though, Kyle. All right. All well, I've yeah, done is just I went to the University of Central Missouri, not even the University of Missouri, the University of Central Missouri. So I'm definitely undereducated there. I can't stop flunking out of trade schools. Um I I, I you know, so it's 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 a problem, Kyle. <laughs> it's a problem. I think that would be a better education for the particular topic that we're discussing. But um, yeah. no, so this episode, let's talk about the episode. Yeah. So ba- Blacksmith versus Malice, maybe the best BattleBots fight of the season. Instant classic. Awesome. Instant mean, classic. I loved it. Instant classic. Two amazingly talented teams. Um, Blacksmith puts on classic fights. It has yeah. always put on classic fights. And this is no exception. Uh, put Blacksmith in the arena with a very destructive robot, and you're 
going to have a million views on YouTube, and that's just how it goes. Yeah. Um, it, that's just how it goes. It's it's so much fun to watch. That fight was great. I'm so glad we got both of them on the podcast for the interview this week. They're amazing people. And um, the picture they showed online of the two of them high-fiving through the glass Yeah. after that fight, that's that's just so BattleBots to me. They're like, yeah. hey – we just put on the most amazing show together and we're so happy, right? Like, that's so neat. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that. So, how, what was your immediate reaction? I know you watched the episode a little bit after me. Yeah. Um, what was your immediate reaction when Hydra lost that fight? Huh. Um, I will tell you that, like... I was not surprised because I'm like rapidly catching up to where I was when I physically went to oh, the where show. You were. Yeah. Like right. um so like when I went to the pits, so I, I had like a one day pit pass and thank you again, BattleBots, for supplying that um to someone so poorly educated. Um and um the first thing that, that <laughs> the first thing that uh, people said when they came up to me was, "You gotta check out Glitch. It is amazing." And like now, kind of doing the math, this may have been right after their fight with Hydra potentially. And like meeting the team, it was it was very clear that they had they had had an incredible week and they were looking forward to going like um, for the, for the next week ahead of them, you know? Um, so yeah, like I, I knew that glitch was incredible. I knew that when we were doing our rookie kind of um, uh, previews that, that glitch was a very good rookie. Um, and so I've, I've managed to cleverly keep that under my hat, Kyle, which is really, uh, it's been harder than you can imagine. Um, I, I, I don't, I, you know, like people say that it's luck. Like it's not luck. It's not luck. Like they, um, they built a robot that's able to drop from 14 feet. I don't care where you land on the robot. Like even if you land on the forks, you're dumping a huge amount of kinetic energy into your robot. And they, they built it to be this super tough billet tank. And, like they engineered their survival in that hit and that and and yep. that that one hit where they they just perfectly um hit hydra um when it was like in the air that is it's exactly what you hope to see from a good driver, you know? Like, it's not luck. Like, it is skill. It is, I am staying really close to my opponent. I'm not on the other side of the arena. Um, so, no. Like, it, it, there, it, it was very clear that, like, the, the odds were stacked against them. But what I saw in that fight was good work um, – in the pits, really good work in the design and really good driving. Um, I don't think any of those things were random. One of the things that I remember from our interview with Kyle Miller earlier this year, uh, captain of glitch Kyle Miller, um, he said that they had made some design errors, which meant that their weapon could not spin up to their full speed. And he said that ended up being a benefit um, because they were able to get more engagement with the weapon. 
Yeah. And I think you really saw that a lot in this fight. That is something I think you see with new teams. Hey, how mm. fast can we spin this hunk of yeah. metal yeah. versus teams like um, Witch Doctor or like Fight Force where, yeah. hey, how consistently can I spin this hunk of metal and what speed am I going to get the best engagement, get the best and deepest hit on my opponent? Yeah. Um, and they act, they kind of accidentally fell into that. If there was anything that was luck, it was the fact that they, they had that mistake in their design process um, that right. ended up being a huge benefit to them. Right. I thought that the fight was great. They looked like they did not look like rookies out there. They looked yeah. like a very seasoned team. They looked like they were um, in the box ready to fight. I thought they were great. I thoroughly enjoyed that fight, um, and I look forward to seeing Glitch next year. I hope they don't change much. You know what I mean? Like they've got a good argument for the round of thirty-two at this point. Yeah. So you know, if there's a rookie team that's going to make it in, I, I kind of hope it's them. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> if Chris and Lindsay were here, I would actually like be quiet while they talked about the Claw Viper Black Dragon fight or the Gigabyte Smee fight because they just kind of went how I thought they would go. Hmm. Um, Claw Viper thought, did a great job. I thought the Smee fight was incredible, Kyle. Like that—that that was, oh, I think, our best how, showing of that's Smee. That's how I thought it would go. Yeah. For sure. I mean, yes. you, you, yes. you, Solid you like me is interesting. I, I was really surprised to see titanium solids me or wh- whatever it was, you know, that they ran across that, that thing. Um, I, I, I think that that is, it's Norwalk me. It's the kind of SME that you expect, like super tough, really tanky, yeah. able to take a hit. Um, and I mean, we, we saw like, really amazing durability from that robot which is everything that you come to expect from from joe's joe's designs yeah i think um in order to and joe even brought this up on his ama this week in order to make like the true norwalks me the like solid wedge that does not flex or bend and the drive system that just push bullies everybody around the box he would have to spend you know orders of magnitude more money um, just to fabricate that wedge, if nothing else. So this being the like the SME you can build at heavyweight without breaking all of the banks. <laughs> um, I thought it was a phenomenal showing. It, that wedge behaved so interestingly. I love how it had it absorbed all of Gigabyte's energy. That was fascinating. Yeah. Um, the fight went how I thought it would. Eventually, Gigabyte's going to just realize it's fighting two mega, mini bots and yeah. take one out. And yeah. um, there's not much you could do that when you're spinning up 180 pound shell. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, I thought it was a great fight. And uh, breaking news, I guess, um, in the AMA this week, Joe Fabiani did uh, say he's retiring SME. Really. Wait, okay, I was um, looking for that, Kyle, because yeah. he said that. He said that Smee retired to Connecticut, but I thought that was maybe just Smee version 2, but Smee version 3 will be coming back, you know? He didn't say, I'm retiring. Or the impression the... that I got, the impression that I got is he's going to try something completely different. Okay, yeah. But we're going to see Joe again this you know, year. I yeah, hope. I think Joe's got the bug. We're we're gonna see Joe no matter okay. what, but I don't yeah. I don't necessarily think we're gonna see Smee. Interesting. We're gonna have to um, see. Maybe we could reach out to to Joe and ask. Um, 
Yeah, because that's that's pretty big. Yeah, get a clarification on that. Yeah. Yeah, that would be pretty big. That would be pretty big, especially since this was clearly Smee's best year. You know, yeah. I mean, they've only been there for two years, but they they did great this year, I thought. Yeah. Um. So let's see. Tombstone versus free shipping went the way about twenty percent of the uh, last rights versus uh, original sin fights went. Sure. Where you know, if Ray could take three of the wheels, he's going to win the fight. And that's exactly mm. what happened. He took three of the, wheel, the wheels yeah, and he won the fight. Um, yeah. That would have been a very rare occasion or a very rare occurrence at Robo Games. So, uh, you know, in that sense, it was pretty notable. But in BattleBots, that's kind of what you expect in a yeah. match between these two robots. Yeah. Ribot versus P1 was another classic. I thoroughly mm. enjoyed that fight. Yeah. Uh, two excellent drivers, two really good bots. Great showing by Brandon Zelinski. Um, Ribot's just too powerful this year. Mm. They're they're a contender, as far as I'm concerned. I don't think their their strength of schedule is as good as it could be. Um, but they they're a contender this year. That is not a bot to sleep on. And yeah. once again, these are two dudes that grind at Norwalk Havoc. They're there yeah. every single event. They are working the things out. They are testing things out. They are trying new things. Um, it was cool to see these two vastly improved bots from the first time we saw them going at it and showing what they can do. Yeah, can't wait to see how that goes uh, going forward for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there was something that happened at the end of the show. I don't remember <laughs> what. I don't know. It was fast, Kyle. You blinking, you missed it. You know. Um, it. Like this just the main event caused me to go to just my BattleBots Valley of Despair and um, just made me question literally all aspects of the show. Just like, I don't know, I, I went into almost full existential crisis this week after that that match. All right. You did. Yeah. You really did. Because when you read the rules, right, the rules say if you intentionally uh you know knock your opponent out of the arena into the door area then you will be disqualified but if it's an accident then you won't be disqualified how the heck are the referees supposed to know whether you intentionally or unintentionally hit someone out of the arena like they're not mind readers. Like, do they look at your face and like, if you give like a little evil grin, then they disqualify you. But if you make like a little oopsie face, then like they don't, I don't get it. Like I've never seen that kind of subjectivity in a sports rule book ever before. Um, and, and they are courting disaster because if later on in the season they disqualify somebody for punting their opponent out of the arena by those doors, they're going to say, "What about Endgame? Right? What about um, what 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 about what about all of the like what this happened now three times, right? You know, what about those other three robots? Um, you might as well like I don't know like if you out of your arena somebody like this season because we really care about that." automatic disqualification like make it like a, a real pit like a pit of doom or something you know but it means nothing now and like the the subjectivity in the the rules just makes no sense at all to me so let's see the three were 
um, Endgame. Yeah. Hydra. Yeah. Hypershock. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, Endgame. Uh huh. Had like medium level oopsie face. <laughs> yes. Hypershock yes. had like level ten oopsie face. Full oopsie face. Right. Yes. Covering their mouth and everything. Yeah. Full on oopsie face. Yeah. Jake Ewart. Jake Ewart did not have an oopsie face. No oopsie face. Okay. There was no oopsie face. I mean, listen, I don't want to put on so my conspiracy it, theory hat, but we have two Hexbug, okay, like builders, and one Hexbug builder that they would love, I'm sure, to turn Hydra into a Hexbug, all right? So, I don't know. Oh, yeah. The yeah, second you're right. They'll be reskinning. The, the second that they have Duck, all right, accidentally Uda somebody, right, okay, and then they disqualify Duck, literally they're going to burn down the freaking internet, Greg Munson, okay? Like, um, yeah, it's just wild that they wrote the rules that way. I cannot understand it. No, and they apparently worked with the builders on that rule set and specifically on that language. But how do you prove intent? Right. You can't. Yeah. Um, and then my favorite quote this week was from Jameson Go, um, who said uh, they really uh, should not have put the upper deck on the opposite, the far side of the arena because it makes all of the fighting happen in those door zones, like in those out of the arena zones. That's yes. the only place you have room to fight, which leads me to believe that we are going to see more of that this year. And, um, yeah, it's going to get worse. Yeah. It's going to get worse. It would be interesting if the upper deck was on the same side of the doors, actually, mm. from just a logistical standpoint, right? Like, that would be very interesting because that would be a great way to prove intent. Mm. You cornered them in there and then you threw them out of the arena. Right. Clearly, that was intentional. Right, right, right. Interesting. Um, yeah, but now instead, the upper deck needs nothing. You put your opponent up there. You don't score any extra points. There's no part of the judging rubric that's uh, for that. And listen, uh, you uh, you know, you out of the arena somebody where this is the season with no out of the arenas at all. And uh, we, A, don't reset the match or unstick them or put them back into the fight. Um but we do try and, and read your mind about whether you have the a big enough oopsie face, you know? Um, yeah, it's crazy. And I'm hoping and I'm praying that um, that, that doesn't happen, you know, where where builders start to think, oh, wow, maybe uh, maybe BattleBots is out to get me, you know? Because they, they disqualified me. They didn't save me. Like, they saved Jake and Will and Jack, you know? What is it about? Uh, what is it about the show? Why why don't they like me? You know, especially as we're entering the round of thirty two. I mean, can you imagine if they disqualified you in the round of sixteen, round of eight? You know, heartbreaking. Anyway, any other thoughts I, on this episode? I don't before, understand uh, why. I don't understand why the rule wasn't was written that it is an unstick. If you get thrown into that area, you get reset back in the box right in front of that wall right like it's a respawn point oops they threw you out by the door we're going to respawn you right here in this uh, the arena and start the match again or respawn you on the upper deck kyle it would be more fair yeah right yeah why not start you on the upper deck perfect that that's great 
Oh, you got out of the arena. We're going to pick up your robot and put it over there on the upper deck and start this match again. That's what it should have been. I don't, I don't understand why it wasn't. Um, oh, and uh, Captain Shredderator picked on some little kids. I forgot. That happened this week, too. Mm, yes. He picked Tell on me. some little German kids. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That did happen. Yeah. All right, Kyle. YouTube uh, exclusive fight this week. All right, I think uh, I, I think we're ready to uh, to collect your your predictions. And now that Chris and Lindsay they uh, they have no internet, uh, this is going to go really fast. So, are you ready emotionally, spiritually, mentally, educationally uh, to uh, to give me your predictions for uh, for this week's fight card? We might want to wait till I'm a little bit older, but yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Okay, no opinions. Um, all right, our first fight of the night, uh, number 39 ranked Gruff versus number 32 ranked Cobalt. These rankings are coming from our resident statistician, Gil Hova. So thank you very much, Gil, yet again. Kyle, your prediction on our opening fight of the night. This is, uh, it is going to be difficult for Gruff to win this fight. Um, the only way Gruff can win this fight is if they consistently win the ground game. Hmm. Even so, I can't see them winning. It's got to go to Cobalt. Um, Max is driving it like a demon right now. And when it comes to control bot driving, Matt Maxim, he's uh, he's one of the best control bot drivers in the world, and they just gave him a spinner. Hmm. So, scary bot. Scary bot right now. One vote for Cobalt. Lindsay also uh, texted me her prediction, so she's also going for Cobalt. Um, all right, on to our second fight of the night. Number 53 ranked Duck versus number 102 ranked Riptide. Kyle, your prediction. Riptide. Riptide. Do you um, want to say anything else? I don't want it to be Riptide. I like Duck, and I always want Duck to win, but I can't see Duck winning, especially this version of Duck. Um, and Riptide is proving itself to be a very well-driven, very powerful little machine. Mm. So, Yeah. I think this is going to go to Riptide, and that will make them, what, 2-1 and one going into the round of 32? Yes, that's right. If they are successful. Um, if they are successful, yeah. All right, so one prediction for Riptide. Lindsay also uh, votes Riptide. All right, Kyle, number 23 ranked Valkyrie versus 141 ranked Pardon My French. Your prediction here. Strange matchup. First of all, congratulations to Pardon My Yeah, strange matchup. Uh, congratulations to Pardon My French for making it onto the main show. Sorry you have to go up against the most destructive robot from last season. Yeah. Um, the new arena shape is not great for Valkyrie. I imagine they're going to go with their fastest spin-up their fastest spin up blade, and they're going to get that thing rip-run as quick as they can to take out the Pardon My French. Pardon My French is not the best driving bot in the arena. Um... They, they have a really hard time moving around. I think this one's got to go to Valkyrie. Okay. Lindsay is voting in lockstep. She is also going with Valkyrie. Keep Zoot safe. Preserve Zoot. We love Zoot. Mm. <laughs> Protect Zoot. Okay. Kyle, uh, next fight of the night. Number 14 ranked Lockjaw versus number 66 six ranked Blip. Tough fight for Blip. Hmm. Wow. Um... Tough fight for Blip. Lockjaw hits hard and mm. often. Yeah. And Lockjaw would survive getting thrown into the air a few times. 
Um, I am going to give it to Blip. Oh, wow, really? I am. But, um, but man, I am skeptical about that decision. Hmm. Lindsay is also going to go with Blip. I can't believe you're, you, the two of you are predicting, like, just uh, one, one after the other. Okay, um, maybe, maybe this is where you diverge. Number 12 ranked Minotaur versus number 50 ranked Deep Six. Wow. Wow. Uh, what a weird fight. Minotaur of any of the bots would be able to survive deep six. I'm going to give it to Minotaur. Okay. Uh, it's going to be an awesome fight. I hope we see some self-writing from deep six. I hope it goes on for at least a minute. But yeah, this goes to Minotaur. Okay, Minotaur. Uh, as we're speaking just now, Chris what also started... What a weird started... matchup. <laughs> it's a weird matchup, yes. Um... Yeah, in that, like, you think of Minotaur as really incredibly good driving, and I think that the challenge will be for Daniel Freitas if he can outdrive um, Deep Six faster than Deep Six can kind of pivot around itself. I would worry about Deep Six's yeah. very long forks getting stuck in the kill slots. I mean, if, if it does, Daniel will absolutely capitalize. Um but I think hopefully this... they learned their lesson from last time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those those forks are also stabilizers, so you know, I I don't know if they can really modify it that much um, to protect themselves. But um, yeah, yeah. I th- I think this one is going to come down to driving. So I I would agree with you on Minotaur. All right, uh, on to our next fight of the night, number thirty-eight ranked. Hold on, before we move on, this just came in. Chris has sent in his his votes. Chris and Chris also believes that Minotaur is going to win that fight. Chris also believes that Blip is going to win that fight. Mm. Chris also believes Valkyrie is going to win their fight. Chris wow. diverges from the pack by thinking Duck is going to beat Riptide. And Chris also believes that Cobalt is going to beat Gruff. Got it. Welcome to the game, Chris. All right. A um, couple more fights here. Number 38 ranked Sub-Zero versus number 42 ranked Hijinx. Kyle, very quickly, your prediction here. Ooh, Sub-Zero. All right. We've got Sub-Zero. Lindsay, I saw, is going with Hijinx. Chris is going to go with Sub-Zero. Um, all right, Kyle. Now on to the main event. Very exciting. Number six ranked Scorpios versus number 10 ranked Yeti. I am loving how much screen time Scorpios is getting this season. What is your prediction on this fight? Yeah, this is their, what, second main event? Um, they're, I love Scorpios. This is the wrong kind of bot for Scorpios to fight. This is a very aggressive, very fast-paced bot. Um... It is not the kind of bot that you can pin into a corner and get your chop on. Mm. I think this goes to Yeti. Okay, interesting. Um, taking a look here at Chris and Lindsay, it looks like they are both going for Scorpios. Okay, interesting. Um, and on over to our YouTube exclusive fight of the week, number 83 ranked Defender versus number 99 ranked Retrograde. The second bots for veteran teams, also two first-time, you know, um, builders to battle bots, um, but under these kind of big umbrella teams. Kyle, your prediction here. This is going to be so much fun. I hope both bots get a suplex. 
Mm. Um, I hope both of them get a lift. Um, I'm very curious as to what configuration Retrograde is going to go with. Because we've seen them run that undercutter and not run that undercutter, depending on the situation that they're in. Um, I do think that this is going to go to Defender. It is very hard to beat Jason's driving. He's just so very good. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to give it to Defender. It's going to be a great fight, though. I'm looking forward to it. Um, very good. And Chris and Lindsay, they are also going with Defender. All right, that wraps up this week's edition of Snap Decisions. Look for our post on Facebook later today to send us your predictions. After the break, our interview okay. with Bunny and Al, sponsored by MaxAmps. This interview is brought to you by MaxAmps and the company's new exclusive line of combat robotics batteries called Max Combat. Max Combat battery packs are built in the U.S. and designed for both durability and performance for combat robotics. Max Combat batteries come with custom wraps, including your team's logo, internal hard skins for extra protection, puncture-resistant wire sleeves, and a custom metal Max box for charging and storage. Check out the Max Combat section at MaxAmps.com. This week on the podcast, we have two very special returning guests, Blacksmith Captain Al Kindle and Malice Captain Bunny Sariel. Al is a veteran of the sport and one of the fathers of the East Coast Combat Robotics Circuit and is one of the core members of NERC, which just wrapped up their biggest event of the year, a two-day combat robotics competition in central Pennsylvania at Motorama. Bunny is one of the most visible captains in the sport, volunteering a huge amount of time and energy to organize and attend local competitions across the country. If you've met a BattleBots captain in person, chances are it was Bunny. We're catching up with Al and Bunny after their bots opened last week's episode with a fiery slugfest that went all three minutes and was an instant season six classic. We're looking forward to getting uh, into that and much, much more and learning about uh, their experience from this season of BattleBots in the hour ahead. Welcome back to the show, Al and Bunny. Thanks for having me. Super fun. Hey, guys. Thank you both uh, so much for uh, this is this is not generally something that we do on the podcast. Maybe we need to start doing it more uh, because it's it's so interesting the the juxtaposition of your two personalities and your two bots. It was like it was such an incredible match to watch. Um, I I really want to just dive right in and let's break down this fight. Um, we have we have a, a slew of listener questions, but let's just start off with you know what are your thoughts and feelings on on last week's episode? Well, I loved it, um, but I love every fight, so maybe Al has some different opinions than me. But I thought it was an amazing fight, and I got really excited to fight Al because he's one of my favorite people for a long time, and he always opens up more after you fight him. Hated it. <laughs> Uh, I, so the first question here about the fight that I have is from uh, fan Devin Huey, who wants to know, should this have been the main event instead? Um, I don't. <laughs> no comment. Um. <clears throat> I don't think so. I really like those fights. I don't know. I like short fights. I, I really like fights like Endgame and Sawblaze, and they're two such impressive robots. I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I think they're all great. So I'm a terrible person to ask about this. I'll say it. Yeah, we should have been the main event. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I mean, I, 
it, it's, I, I mean, come on. The main event that, that they build up the whole episode and it was, what, like eight seconds? I mean, that's a little silly, but but that's also the way it is. I mean, it's not like it was scripted that way. It's like right. who could have predicted something that crazy one hit and it's over with those two, those two bots. I expected right. a good two minutes or two and a half minutes of just pounding on each other. Yeah, yeah. I definitely would have liked the sparkle entrance. That would have been cool. That's the only good part about the main events is the sparkle entrance. Yeah. Uh, where you guys can, like, also look into the camera and they animate over your eyes some kind of demon god power that shoots out lasers. That's pretty cool. I would not have liked that. <laughs> yeah, they do all kinds of crazy things. with. Uh, they did a green screen this year, so I could only imagine what they're going to do later in the season. Uh, maybe next season it'll just be like Animorphs where you just turn into your bot. That'd be kind of cool. Whoa! <laughs> Manimal. Uh, so... Help us um, help us lay out the story leading up to this fight. Uh, Al, you know, Malice is like one of those bots that probably has one of the nastiest hits amongst uh, amongst high-energy spinners in the sport. When it works. <laughs> when it works. Uh, so what were uh, what was your process to uh, to approaching this fight and did you make any modifications to the bot and uh, and, and and what was your strategy coming in? Well, for one thing, I can vouch for that statement because the plow that we used for this fight was three-eighth-inch thick AR-500. And I'll have to, I should post some pictures. There's holes in it. So um, <clears throat> the plow wasn't designed properly, in my opinion. It was, uh, as usual, everything kind of gets rushed at the end. And some of our front ends had some edges that they shouldn't have. And they were really able to get in there and take some gouges and spin us. And that was the bigger problem. Every hit was spinning us. And by the time we got realigned, they were there for another hit. So we were unable to slow that damn weapon down at all. So, And you mean, so it was actually on the edges of that plow that, that Mouse's weapon was able to grab a hold of? On the edges, yeah, like on the outer edges, um... And on the inside, the hammer bay itself is like is one of our biggest liabilities because there's kind of no way for us to armor certain parts of it. So we kind of have a big mm -hmm. opening in the front that also has square edges. And it was it was hooking in there. It was spinning us. Um, it never got to the hammer through there, but it didn't have to because we just dropped it right on the weapon anyway and um, took care of that for us. And did you say that's one eighth inch AR-500? Three eighths. Three eighths. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's very yeah. So that's 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 a chunky plow. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, later on. What we did after this fight, actually, um, for later on, we uh, we re we built a different one. Kyle Kyle did really. He's he's like some kind of crazy metal magician, and from scrap he built a new plow, and it was ten times better, and it was thinner. So one thing we took away from this fight is it's not as much thickness as it is the shape and deflection and not having edges so we did learn that the hard way and and bunny for for malice's spinner um does that have a like a like a tooth on the on the uh on the outside of that that is um uh comparable to ar500 what what type of uh what type of uh piercing uh, those are AR-500 teeth, yep. Um, so this weapon had uh, <clears throat> actually had four AR-500 teeth. Uh, it was just solid AR-500 on this design because Ray Billings told me that the rolling blackout design was going to 
not do well. The teeth were going to shear and such. So I, re- I designed drumstick to have these inserts to just put a straight AR-500 plate in there. And it's a half-inch AR-500. And it's four of them, two on each side. And are, are they, like, bolted in place? They are. They're bolted in place with grade 9 um, hex heads. Oh, I... I, I so... I... But fun fact, my mom thought I was going to lose this this fight against Blacksmith. She walked over to Blacksmith, and I showed her, and she looked at me, and she said, Well, this one you lose, too. I said, so, Oh, thanks, Mom. Was this leading leading up to the fight? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. She came in the pits, and she was... She was like, she's like, it's it's big and it's hefty and you're gonna lose. And I said, thanks, mom. Was she talking about me? <laughs> she was talking about you. <laughs> well, basically, what I'm hearing is this is uh, her fault because she put the heebie-jeebie on the bot and she jinxed us. She did. She cursed you. <laughs> I have that effect on people sometimes. Every time I go to a Norwalk and I talk to Jameson Go before we fight, he told me he's not allowed to talk to me before the fights anymore because I always, I'm always like, oh, Jameson, you're gonna beat me, and then I always end up beating Jameson. <laughs> so, uh, buddy, you 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 come into this match. You see that uh, Blacksmith has a, a new weapon configuration. Uh, you know, it's got new bells and whistles that uh, you know we had never seen before. What was your approach to uh, to entering this fight, and did you did you bring with you a strategy into it? Um, we have the same strategy for blacksmith that we have for robots like Shatter. Uh, we protect the internals up top, so we added an extra titanium plate, uh, one eighth, one eighth inch of titanium underneath the normal UHMW armor, and. Uh, that way, if they get through the UHMW, they have to go through the titanium too. And usually, the UHMW dampens the hit hard enough to just gouge the titanium instead of going all the way through. Right, right. Um, that's wow. The, the physics of this match, uh, it, it was like incredible the first half, and then like the second half just seemed like some kind of um, uh, just a hellscape inferno. Uh, out. The, the the bot itself um, uh, seemed pretty hot, hot, hot. Uh, what are you doing on the internals of, of Blacksmith to uh, to to prevent um, some of your core components from literally liquefying? Believe it or not, prior to this fight, we didn't have much <clears throat> on the inside. We uh, we do do some uh, fireproof tape in the in the hammer bay and areas that are likely to get some fire in it, but. Prior to this match, we hadn't really done any internal compartmentation or anything. Um, after this fight, we started using a lipo bag and kind of boxing off the the flame system. It's it's actually kind of funny. What happened was when the arm dropped on the uh, weapon, it tore the, it threw the torch across the box, and when that happened, it basically tried to pull the entire flame system out through the hollow shaft because the plumbing and the wiring all go down through the shaft mm. into the flame system. So it tried to pull the valves and the circuit board and everything out through the arm. And that made a hole in one of the propane lines before the valve. So the fire was basically a self-feeding propane fire for the whole two minutes or two and a half minutes or whatever that was. So that was really the only thing that burnt. And somehow inside the bot, all we lost was the flame system in that front left corner. And I have no idea how the fire didn't go towards the back and take out a receiver or another speed control, but nothing else was damaged. It was crazy. So I have a, I have a question from a uh, fan, Chris Horry, who wants to know 
where does the green color come from? I know that you borrow graphic design aesthetics from Nuclear Blast, right? Yeah, I mean, basically, the only reason we have green on the bot anywhere is because of Nuclear Blast, and I'd love to not have green on there, but money buys the paint, so. Heck yeah. Um, so Chris also asks, uh, with Blacksmith silhouette with the forks in the front has a passing resemblance to the classic Vlad the Impaler. Was that intentional? No, not at all, but we, we noticed it in the driveway. Um, basically, it's Blacksmith has always been form follows function, so it's however the shape evolves to fit everything inside that we have to fit, and this time, in the end, it was like, oh, look, it's Vlad this time. And it's just it's how it goes, and, you know, definitely wasn't intentional. Bunny, Chris wants to know, do you have uh, different nicknames for the Davids to tell them apart when you yell at one of them in the pits? Um, we call, we usually use their last names, um, except for David Lau. David Lau is always David, and then Small is, you know, David Small, and Rush is, Rush normally just goes by Rush. We don't ever really call him David ever at all. David Small goes by David when David Lau's not around. Does that get confusing if you're ever in a Small Rush? <laughs> We're never in a Small Rush. This is BattleBot. Ah! That's a, that is a good answer. That is a good, good answer. Let's move on to a question uh, from Sarah Mallet, who first asks you, Bunny, what else should suck it besides Kurt? I think, I think anyone who needs to suck it should suck it besides Kurt. That is a great answer for Behind the Bats After Dark. Uh, Al, who are some of the uh, a-holes who should turn back now? Um, everybody. I still don't understand the question. Well, you get them weirdo. You get them weirdo English people sending in questions. I mean, they don't speak English or anything, so who knows? Yeah, I know. And they call it aluminium. All right, that's we can end it there. Uh, all right. So I have a I have a question here from uh, Drew Monteith, who wants to know from you, Al. Did the Power Hammer live up to the expectations that you had at the beginning of the season? And did you name it to sound as metal as possible? As far as expectations, I expected it to completely fail. So honestly, it, it performed above and beyond my expectations. It, it, you may not have really seen it yet, but because um, it's an entirely new system, there's a brushless motor in there, which we've never used before. There's a different drive on the hammer. There's a clutch on the arm now. And I expected so many things to go wrong, and it really didn't, you know, other than when it's separated from the pot. Thanks, Malice. Um, but yeah, I mean, and as far as the power hammer, I we just didn't want it to be called a hammer saw. That, that was it. We came up with that name and we kind of made that our mission to not have it called a hammer saw on air. And so far we pulled that off. I hope that we don't set precedence. Um, Chris, uh, Drew uh, went on to ask if, uh, if they ever let teams pick their own intro music, why is the obvious choice for Blacksmith Hammer Smashed Face by Cannibal Corpse? <laughs> Um, because it was in Ace Ventura, maybe. I don't know what song they used in that, but, um, you'd think we'd have interest music with Nuclear Blast, but it's, it's oddly difficult to even get that accomplished with a sponsor, so. You just gotta reach out to one of the bands under the label and just have them, uh, you know, you know, write you an entire, uh, original, uh, composition for Blacksmith. Well, we wouldn't even need that. We would, we would. You know, you should really ask David Rush. He would love to. David Rush would love to write Blacksmith's intro. He loves Blacksmith. Well, we wouldn't even have the problem with the, the rights. I mean, we're sponsored by the record label. 
but it's like it's it, it's hurting cats when you're dealing with BattleBots, so you, you know how far that got. And um, if we did, it would most likely be overkill because they're from New Jersey too. So oh, that's that's a lot of Jersey. Yep. Uh, then I guess you got to change the name of the bot to Gabagoo. Uh, what? That's a that's a that's a Sopranos reference. Oh, uh, never watched it. Believe it or not. I haven't either. It's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's a it's one of those fascinating dramas. Uh, before this becomes a Sopranos podcast, though, Bunny, I'm going to extend Drew's question to you. Uh, what entrance music would you choose for Malice? Um, gosh, that's a tough question. I didn't I didn't know I was getting that question. I'm sorry. Um, let's see. Let's do "Don't Stop Believing" by Journey. A classic, right? A classic. And for some reason, the only song that I can think of in my entire life right now. Anything by Billy Joel or Journey were great. Let's just just say that. We're, we're, we're right back here at Sopranos, because that is the song that the entire series ended on. Oh, well, there you go. Right back to Sopranos, which I've never seen either. I was, I was definitely born after that. All right. Uh, so let's, uh, I'm going to pivot over to some questions here from Pat Maloney, who uh, starts with a question for you here, Bunny. Uh, he said, I saw you at the NHRL finals in December with Mauser. Any plans on either turning Mauser into a 12 or 30 pound in the future or even building Mauser for BattleBots? Mauser was originally on BattleBots. Uh, Mauser, three pounder, is actually getting retired. I used to own, for more years than Fawn Davis did, uh, Mauser Mecha Catbot, the lightweight champion. Uh, I got it from Fawn in 2008, uh, and I had it up until this past 2021 because he was, you know, doing other things. But then I brought it back down to him in 2021 and he wants to rebuild it. We'll see if it happens. He has a lot of projects we don't know. So <laughs> he says he wants to, he's going to try. So I was actually going to retire Mouser uh, three pounder completely because I don't want to take Mouser from Fawn. You know, it's, it's his robot and I love it. So I only made the three pound version because there was no place to compete with the 60 pound version. So no, no plans to make a 30 or a 15 or a 12. Um, I'm redesigning Mouser or rebranding, not, not really redesigning, rebranding Mouser to be some sort of bunny theme. Right now, the placeholder is Star Bunny. Star Bunny. A little play on Star Child? Oh my god, no, I didn't even think of that. That's so funny. No, um, one of my friends growing up, her username was Star Bunny, and it was it was a cute username, so I was just borrowing it. Oh, but there is a 12-pound Unknown Avenger called Known Avenger, which is, it's a very similar design. It's not the same. Everyone thinks Unknown Avenger and Mouser are the same, but I'd like to point out Mouser was the original Donger bot. You know, like, it had a pneumatic tail back in the 90s. <laughs> and and uh, so everyone thinks Unknown Avenger and Mouser are, sim are the same, but they're, they're similar, but they're not the same inside, so... There, but there's a 12-pound Unknown Avenger that is now called Known Avenger. Pat, Pat is also curious if you would ever consider um, taking uh, a Malice and, and downscaling it to compete in a lighter weight class. Oh, we did that. That's Grudge Frog. Grudge Frog is the um, smaller version of Malice. And I also have Micro Malice in the 150 grams. She's won three first place titles. And I have um, Mini Malice in the one pound plastic ant weight division. And uh, Andrew Bergendorf from um, Deep Six is currently catting up a one pound version of Malice. So I might end up um, taking that out and building it 
So, um, yeah, we have we have a ton of small malices. And, of course, you know, Odium and Animus, the original malices, mm. quote-unquote, which were, uh, you know, David Rush originally designed Odium and Animus with the big, thick, horizontal drum, which is how we got the idea for Malice 250. That's why, that's why there is Malice. So there's definitely a ton of small Malices in the world, and there will continue to be a ton of small Malices in the world. I'm just a better driver than Rush. Oh, no, we have this whole thing going on where we're going to have a Malice off because I've won a lot of trophies with Micro Malice, and he's going to build a, his version of Micro Malice, and I'm building, I, I, well, I have Isaac's version of Micro Malice, so we're going to have a, a Malice off to see which version is the better Malice. <laughs> and I like, to, I like to call him out. He's not as good at the, at, you know, the suck it Kurt uh, talking as I am, so he, he, gets, he gets flustered, but it's all good. I hate every malice. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll make a mini blacksmith, and maybe the mini blacksmith can take out micro malice. No. What would you call a mini blacksmith? Uh, there was a mini blacksmith before there was a big blacksmith. What weight class? It was made of, it was made of plywood, and it was 30 pounds. Oh, I want to see 30. Oh, we could catch it on fire. And you know how much I like fire. <laughs> Al, with the, uh, with the end of the season coming up, what plans do you have for working on Blacksmith for next season? Uh, like, possibly the flamethrower coming out of the front instead of the weapon. Also, uh, just like with Bunny, are there any plans for a smaller version of Blacksmith? This is the last question for Pat. I know we just wrapped up that last one, but do you have anything that you plan on working on uh, for Blacksmith for next season? No, I'm thinking about retiring. Please don't retire, Al. I need you. I don't, I don't know if that's acceptable, Al. Yeah, we won't let you retire. I don't. I don't think that what you want really matters in this discussion. I'll put it in the crate and uh, just give me the address, and I'll ship it to you. All right. Who Who's gonna drive it? The guy driving it now sucks. So whoever wants to. <laughs> we already have two. We're, we're We're applying with two extra robots for Malice. What's one more? We can We can take one more. It'll be fine. How many times? It'll just be. It'll be Black Malice. Yeah, maybe time we can oh, two more. Malice is already black. Malice. That doesn't work. <laughs> we'll have to make it green. We'll have to make it fully green. You know, circle back to that paint sponsor. Get the green mouse. Well, we're making six blacksmiths. Six blacksmiths. <laughs> See, now that, that's brilliant. And set them all loose at the same time. Oh, you could have a hockey team. <gasps> you could play blacksmith hockey. Oh my god, do it, Al. Do it. That's how we can make it worse. Make it a multi bot. Yay! Well, that's worse! How dare you? Oh, you don't want to play hockey? Come on, it's super fun. That's the best part of combat robotics is robot hockey. No. That's actually, I never even thought of that before. There's been, like, talks of, like, battle boats at, at Norwalk, but no one's ever talked about putting them on ice. No, it's not on ice. Uh, robot hockey is totally, like, um, on. it's all on wood. They have it at... Uh, North Carolina events, uh, Franklin Institute, they have robot hockey there, and it's three teams of, I mean, sorry, two teams of three, uh, and <laughs> David Lau is really good, and he keeps getting the rules changed, because he keeps finding out ways to cheat that aren't really cheating. <laughs> no, it's great. Everyone should do robot hockey. So, it's called robot hockey, but it's on wood. Right. And so you, the whole point is to get the puck. You kind of slide around a lot because, you know, you don't get really good grip on wood. So it, it looks like you're on ice, but really you're on wood. And the whole point is there's this hockey puck, and you have to get the hockey puck into the um, opponent's goal. 
and it's just super fun and it's super hard to do and it's different kind it's it's very similar battle hardening to combat robots because you're crashing into each other and smashing them into the wall but it's i mean it's there's no weapons so you're not having to like worry about a black saw hacksaw coming at you from the top but if he adds if he makes robot hockey with a blacksmith then all of a sudden you have to worry about that Al, is this something that you're willing to uh, to dedicate the next, like, 900 hours of your free time towards? Not even the next nine minutes. Oh, my goodness, that <laughs> so fun. All right, I got uh, a question here for the both of you from Eddie Friend, um, uh, Bunny, and Al. Congratulations on one of the most classic matches in BattleBots history. It sucked that someone had to lose. So how did each of you feel when the winner was announced? I was really excited. I just was, uh, you know, it was... It was our first win of the season, so it was a great thing to happen. Um, it was I, I really enjoy having good matches more than winning. So uh, it was just so exciting to have a great match and win, which is just a great feeling. And I was really concerned for Al. I reached out and I fist bumped him because I was concerned that he was going to be sad he lost. But I wanted him to know that he put on just the most amazing show. So. Hated it. I also had a broken rib, so I was not doing well to begin with. So I was at filming with this broken rib, and they wanted like all this emotion from me, and all I could think of was that was a cool fire. <laughs> Al, I, I, I wasn't aware that you uh, you broke Bunny's ribs before the match uh, as a as a maneuver to try to uh, you know steal the crown. You know, she had it coming. <laughs> I did. I deserved it. Uh, all right, I have a question here from uh, Ryan Engelmeyer, who uh, who has his first question here from uh, for you, Bunny. Uh, what was the inspiration for Malice, and why did you decide to make Malice that way? Uh, the inspiration was David Rush's small robots, uh, Odium and Animus. They're one and three pound robots that use the horizontal drum to do um, crazy things in the ant, ant and beetle weight sorry i can't ever remember the i always go by the weight instead of the name of the thing so yeah so the in the ant and the beetle weight competitions uh he was just dominating uh so he used to go to competitions with david lau and david small and they would all three hang out because you know they're the davids and uh they got this really weird concept drawn up it looked like orby with with the malice drum, basically, the, like that's the best way I can describe it. And they applied, and they put David Lau as the front person, and he's just he's so such a great person, but he's really like monotone. So putting him as the application was like mm, not a great choice, you know what I'm saying? And so uh, they had a weird design that didn't look like it was gonna work, and and. They put Lao as the front runner, and they got a no. And I met Lao in Shanghai, China, after like 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 just maybe a couple days after they got the no from BattleBots. And uh, so he, they, uh, I, I said, well, I can join the team and and come on. And and Greg said, well, you can come if you're the captain and you re redesign the robot. Like like he's like he's like you got to help them make it look better. And I and I said. Oh, okay. So uh, we we brought Isaac on to help because I can I can do some CAD, but like I'm not a designer. I'm really not. So, but I know how to make things look good, and I know how to get things projects done. They had been working on this malice for 
since the revival, so for three years, and they hadn't made any real progress on it. So I'm really good at getting things done and getting and getting things to look really great. So um, they brought me on as captain, and and I got them all organized to get everything done, and and gave them the motivation to get everything done, and then that's that's the end of that. And then I built the robot because they were all working. <laughs> You know, I'm a really great builder. I, I'm not a great designer, but I am a great builder. So I went on Twitch and streamed the whole thing, and I had one watcher, and his name was Matt Melanson, and he's our number, he was our very first fan. I always call him our first fan, and every time we get any new merch, I just send it to him, because he sat, he sat on Twitch with me for probably, I would say at least two weeks, just watching me grind down these e-tech covers and random pieces that needed to be worked on. And it was so boring, and he was just there for it. <laughs> What do you have, like an ASMR channel? <laughs> like be, just just grinding. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah. Um, I didn't know I didn't know you did that. Yeah. That's cool to follow like a builder and a build process. That's uh, I I find that fascinating. Um, Ryan, I have a question, or I'm sorry, Al, I have a question here uh, for for you. How did uh, how is blacksmith so durable? It never seems to die, no matter how much punishment it takes. Also, are you planning on upgrading the power hammer? Uh, right now, we're not planning to do too many upgrades as far as that goes. It really. We have one plan that would require a whole new build that we're just not ready to do right now. Um, but we'll probably keep it the same. And like I said, later on, you will see it actually hitting much better. Um, as far as the durability, it's, it's really all the little things it's taping the connections, it's air gaps, it's how you route the wires, it's really way less to do with the fact that it's all steel than it is just the little things that tend to get overlooked by a lot of people in the rush, so. Which is surprising. A lot of people expect it's, oh, well, it's extra thick steel, or it's not. It's just, um, it's the little things. Yeah, that's why, that's why it's uh, always best to sweat the small stuff. Ignore the big stuff. That's my philosophy. Well, and a lot of it has to do with, with with my teammate Alan. I mean, he's very his attention to detail is is excruciatingly painful sometimes. But that really is the reason why blacksmith does what it does. And in I think in this entire event, I don't think we lost one single speed controller. The from fire in the first match was actually bad wire. We got some fake wire apparently from Amazon. And um, but we didn't lose a speed control, and that that's a first because we have um, four rage bridges on board, and they blow up if you look at them crooked. Hi, Charles. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, Alan designed and printed custom speed controller mounts for everything on the bot, and just routed the wires and abrasion-resistant covering on the wires, and just it, it, it's it's all those things that take so much time. But this match is the result of that, and that's something that we're proud of. It seems like like quality control of components is so hard because like you can't necessarily test everything without potentially, you know, uh, you know like leaving your bot in a worse place for an upcoming match. Um, like what what? What is your process for like when you're when you're acquiring things and trying to find reputable sub suppliers and and making sure components actually work the way they're intended before you get into the box? 
Um, <clears throat> a lot of times you can't, but over the years, over the, what is this, of our fourth season now, it's kind of, we use the motto of keep what worked and fix what didn't. So along the way, we found that rage bridges are the best of the bad options for our particular application. Um, and we used a Vex BB on this one, which is pretty battle proven at this point. We did some additional battle harding. We didn't have any problems with that. And we used a big castle on the the spinner motor. And it's just battle harding and, and going with what works. And we haven't tried to get too fancy with brushless motors yet. I figured it was safe enough to use on the spinner. And it all kind of came together. <laughs> I, I just, I'm sorry. I, I had to check to see if, if, uh, if Buddy was still having taquitos. <laughs> But is someone having potato chips? Not me. Yes, that would, that, that would be my wife. <laughs> you know what? If it, it it adds a little sauce to the to the podcast, I love it. <laughs> uh, I, I I'm curious. Is that a sun chip? I feel like I hear a sun chip. It is Applebee's to go, and those are uh, what are those? Uh, the nacho chips that come with the quesadillas. Oh, say hi, Kara. Oh. Hi. I'm starving. Hi, Elsewise. Yeah, she's she's torturing nice me by eating you. in front of me. <laughs> oh, that's so mean. But it's okay. It's it's good to torture Al every once in a while. Baby, baby, baby. He won't eat spinach. <laughs> she's eating spinach dip anyway, so yeah. That's a vegetable. Yeah, no. It's green. That is a vegetable. Um Bunny, I have a question here from Andrew Lynch. Uh, great to finally see Malice uh, and what it can really do. If you could fight any... Uh, I, I, I wonder if this is a typo, and I'm going to read you both questions, and I'm going to let you answer both questions. Bunny, great to finally see what Malice can really do. If you could fight any boy <laughs> you wanted, who would you pick and why? Um, I would absolutely fight Ray Billings. I've been trying to get him to fight me for like ever, but he's like, he's like, no, I taught you everything you know. I don't want to beat you. <laughs> Bunny, if you, if, uh, if you could fight any bot that you wanted, who would you pick and why? Um, I would love to fight Icewave because... Isaac, our designer, loves Icewave, and he thinks that Icewave is just the best robot in the whole world, and I want to prove to him that Malice is way better, and that he needs to stop fanboying, fanboying over Icewave when he has a perfectly beautiful robot right in front of him. Al, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to extend the, the one to you. Um, if you could fight any boy you wanted, who would you pick and why? Any boy? B-O-Y, B-O-Y, boy? Yeah, it's a typo, and we're just going to run with it. Is this a different, this is a different podcast now. Fight David for me. Do it. Um, I don't know. Because whoever I say will, will, will stop me. Okay. <laughs> you, heard, you heard it here, folks. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Al Kindle would not even fight a boy. I have a question here from Mike Taylor. You have uh, the best hair in BattleBots, Bunny. What's your routine to keep it so awesome? Al, same question. I think I thought that we already decided that Adam was the the king of you know nice hair, but uh, I have very little. I have I have very little routine to keep my hair nice. I I'm sorry, it's a naturally genetic gift to have this hair. I literally shampoo it and 
condition it and walk out and never touch it again. <laughs> so I brush it, you know, like, like I use a regular brush and I have no hair care tips for anyone. Sorry. <laughs> I think Al has, Al has the hair that everyone's going for nowadays. Al, can you walk us through your, your hair care routine? Yeah, it takes a good solid 30 seconds um, every morning. I use the head and shoulders combination uh, shampoo, body wash, and car polish. Four in one bachelor status. You know, I, I use the same towel for everything also. Oh no, oh no, 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 no. All right, I do have a separate towel for my hair. I will say that. Maybe that's what you need. No. A midday, a nice uh, damp washcloth will uh, take care of it. Oh, do you, do you just walk out? You know, no towel needed sometimes. You know, just yeah, right, yeah. right on. Yeah, exactly. All right, turn the camera on for that one. <laughs> it's also, uh, the towel also doubles as, uh, as one for hot wax for uh, a Camaro. <laughs> no, for the, didn't you hear he's getting the Corvette, not the Camaro? Oh, I'm, wow. That was a gross uh, overstatement by me. Sorry. Uh, all right. I have a question here from Mason Runkle. Al, if you had a band, would it be called Power Hammer? And if not, what would it be? Um, I'm going to call it Runkle. Yeah, Runkle. That's a good ass name. That was a, that was a fun last name. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I've maybe never encountered a Runkle in the wild before. Yeah, I mean, a wild Runkle appears. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if that's... Uh... Can you keep those in, in all states? I mean, sometimes you need a permit. Right. <laughs> of course. You, you also can't feed them after midnight. They tell me the same thing about the robots. I feed them anyways. What What does one feed them? The souls of their competitors, obviously. That's true. Uh, I have a question here from uh, Curtis Honeycut. Al, do you get royalties from Amazon every time they sell a Kindle device? <laughs> um, I wish. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be sitting here with you right now. He'd, he'd have the six blacksmiths for the bot hockey team then. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, I have a question here uh, from uh, Behind the Bots super fan Al Kindle, and his question is for you, Al. Al, what bot do you hate the most, and why is it blacksmith? Exactly. <laughs> Effing malice. Effing malice. Dumbest idea ever. <laughs> I mean, ma malice sucks too, but, you know, he's a little better. Uh, all right, I have a I have a question here from uh, uh, behind the bots super fan Bunny, uh, and her question is for you, Al. Al, who is your favorite builder at BattleBots? Who is my favorite builder at BattleBots? I am going to go with. I should have studied. Remember, I'm sitting right here, Al, and I love you. But I hate your bot. Um. But you love me. I'm gonna give him a bigger head than he probably has right now. I'm gonna go with Jamo, because I just I, I love I love Sawblaze. Oh, he's so good. All right, yeah, you're right. Boys of Boys of BattleBots calendar centerfold Jamo. I understand. Yeah, you get to cover, but he he gets the centerfold. Well, what month are the two of you? Well, Jamo, if he's the centerfold, he's June. He's got to be June. It's like a Sawblaze kind of, but I mean, you're, you're both summer boys. I feel like with the flames and the. Oh, yeah. Maybe you get July. Maybe you get July, Al. Uh, 
you know, just just JMO straight to JMO straight to Al. I feel like that's the best transition. Probably true to life too. Okay. <laughs> I didn't even know the centerfold would be June. I have no idea what calendars do. <laughs> Who has calendars anymore? Right. I, yeah. I mean, well, there's 12 months. So the center, like the center, is just like the that brief moment in time between June and July. I don't know what you got to do is you got to have the 2021 calendar that has no pictures from the 2021 event because that's how you sell calendars. <laughs> I'm sorry, was my mic on? <laughs> don't give them any ideas. All right, I have a couple questions here from Jeremy Lloyd. Bunny, if given a significant weight bonus due to its unique locomotion, do you think Rex could have been a competitive bot? Absolutely. I think that um, Dan, the beautiful, brilliant mind behind Rex, is actually trying to get a 50-pound weight bonus from BattleBots in order to bring Rex back. And I would absolutely think it would be an, a great competitor. It, it flipped Bite Force. No one else has been able to flip Bite Force. And we took on Witch Doctor and Bite Force in the same fight. And it was a great fight. So I think if BattleBots would give them their 50 pounds, they would have an amazing robot in Rex. Oh, that's interesting. Um, also, uh, Jeremy is curious, uh, Bunny, how many Lego mouses do you think it would take to defeat one heavyweight mouse? Oh, God. Just, I mean, with the bunny tail or without? Because without the bunny tail, it's just one. You hear that, Jeremy? You're going to have to refine your question if you're going to want a serious answer to that. <laughs> uh, Jeremy also asked for you, Al, is it better to smash and burn or slash and burn? So first of all, I didn't steal colors or nothing from JMO. He clearly stole slash and burn from smash and burn. I mean, come on. I agree. That's, uh, those, that's fighting words. I mean, no. <laughs> uh, all right bring it on oh man i'd we love went three that. minutes with him once we went three went three minutes with him with the crappy weapon oh touche and that's another and that's another fight we actually won but you know whatever um so we'll do it again all right a uh, question here from mario cast uh, bunny and al great bots enjoy both of your bots designs and your fighting techniques what part of the design build of each of your bots did you enjoy the most and what part did you not enjoy the most um, well, our strategy w our, was clearly just, uh, kill them with our face, and, um, that didn't work. Uh, this build was absolutely awful for so many reasons. It was so hot. It's, I mean, we build in my driveway, and it's hot and humid in New Jersey in the summer. And my favorite part is when it was all over and it was in the crate. I mean, it was awesome, and we really enjoyed doing it. We enjoyed the challenge of these things, and... No, it was awful. <laughs> so I love building Malice. This is the problem. So Malice is the easiest robot to work on that I have. I'm not even joking. Of all the robots I've ever worked on, of all the robots throughout the 20 years of me building robots, Malice is the absolute easiest to work on. Um, it's a clamshell design, which... So everyone else hates it because all they hear when Malice is getting worked on is bolts dropping onto the ground. Because there's no good way to hold the bolt and undo it, so you have to let it just drop. <laughs> so it's like a, it's like the song of Malice, bolts drop. Oh, that's the intro. Oh my god, right there. Sold to the earlier question. <laughs> the bolts dropping song. 
but it just comes apart and it uh there's no weird corners to get into there's no sharp edges to reach around to tighten that one bolt with the annoying little nut that's in the wrong spot everything about malice is super easy to work on and super easy to replace um the only challenge with it is is we have a big team and so you can't get more than one person really like in there comfortably so you you have to you know designate things for the one person to do and and take turns and it's it's kind of that's the only real annoying part about malice but everything else about malice is perfect shut up <laughs> oh did i get you, did i get you personally with that with that sharp nut thing how, how, how many motors you got in that thing three three yeah we got six and a oh, flame system. Al, you're doing it wrong, buddy. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> Join the, the house. Of, It'll be fine. Well, when we have the sound of the bolt hitting metal, it's the bolt hitting the frame in the corner where you can't even get a hand. Oh, but I gave you the magnetic stick. I gave you the magnetic stick this year. Did you look in the gift bag? We have that. We already had one because we spend a lot of time doing that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Fishing, I know. fishing nuts out and, and bolts and. I know, God, I the, know. The best, Ask the best me about is Mad when you hear it, my my brain gets sad. The best is when you hear it drop and you don't even know what it was. So you're like, what are we looking for? Oh, like, oh no! <laughs> All of our bolts on Malice are massive. You can't miss them. It's the best part. <laughs> uh, so this is Lindsay. Uh, what gift bag uh, were you referring to? Did you give out gift bags? Yeah, every uh, every year when when we come, we we give every one of our competitors uh, a gift bag. Last year, it contained a magnetic uh, a magnetic tray and stickers. This year, it was two water bottles, a magnetic stick, and a magnetic tray and stickers and a foam frisbee. That's so sweet. That's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I just want everyone to be well hydrated. And, and those magnetic bowls, everyone always forgets them. And they're so useful. I just want everyone to have a little bit less of a stressful time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, we have a, a couple of questions here from Alexander Archer. Uh, first one is for Bunny. Now that Malice is one and two, do you think that you have a slim chance of making it into the round of 32? When we went 0 and 2, I thought that was it for us. I really genuinely thought that was, you know, that was, when you go 0 and 2, you don't, even if you win, it's really hard to get into the round of 32. Um, so in my head at the event, we were out uh, at 0 and 2. Uh, and I was fine with that. I really genuinely, like, I, I love going to do these amazing fights and our fights were great we we went up against two undefeated robots to begin with you know we went against tantrum who is owen two and jackpot who is owen two and you know both of those are really high seed robots like like last year i think jackpot was the 10th seed and i think tantrum was like fifth or sixth i don't i generally don't remember where tantrum was but it was high and so we put on these amazing shows with two very high-seated robots. And so I was not um, not sad to think that we were not going to make the round of 32. So even after we won against Blacksmith, we really should have just thrown the fight so they could win and go to the tournament. But that's not how we roll. So we just wanted a great fight, and we were just <laughs> excited to have a great fight. It was, uh, it was, you know, it's been said on this show and now like all over the internet too, but that was, it was just such like a, a riveting fight. So I'm, I'm so glad that it happened. Um, and so this question is for Al. 
Um, all right, so let's speculate a little bit. If you hadn't lost the power saw, which Alexander calls a hammer saw, and I'm going to edit that for him. <laughs> if you hadn't lost the power saw, would you have won? It's hard to say. Like, as we, we talked about earlier, we were we were getting spun so hard every time we we impacted their weapon that I, I really don't know. I mean, would we have been able to land? I mean, the goal was to stop the spinner and drop the weapon, take out the belt. And once they, their weapon is gone, I mean, we have better drives, and but it all went to hell pretty quickly. You do not have better than drive than us. How dare you? I, I do. I do. You do not? <gasps> How dare you? Al, I'm offended. I didn't say driver, I said drives. The driver sucks. No, drive, drive. I have the best drive in the whole sp- What? No, 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 no. We have Brazilian wheels. How dare you? What do you? What wheels are you running? You got like kitty car drives in there. You got power wheel shit in there. What are you talking about? What? What? Oh my goodness, Al. Those are fighting words. You're about to fight a girl instead of a boy. Okay. We have- the- <laughs> We have- the most amazing drive, like, like okay. our drive, we've only lost drive for against Jackpot, and that was a fluke. We took out their drive, too. Okay. Oh, my gosh. No, I disagree. I disagree with Al. These are fighting words. Anyways, continue on. Sorry. <laughs> what are you going to do, beat us again? I mean, what? what? Uh, <laughs> what <are you> <laughs> yeah, rematch, Al. This is a behind-the-bots <clears throat> exclusive. I need a rematch. You're not allowed to retire. But actually... <laughs> Actually, a, a funny factoid that I didn't even notice it until the replay on TV, and then I had to go back on Discovery Plus on my, on my iPad and like watch it again. We actually would have lost the weapon on the very first impact anyway, even if it wasn't into the disc, because I noticed that at one point we were spun, and we got spun so fast that your weapon came and actually bent out that side of the arm before... It got torn off completely. So on our very next swing, it would have went anyway. The disc would have came off. So th- that match was going nowhere for us. So, All right. So so kind of on a, a different topic, but something that we want both of your opinions on. Um, well, Al- Alexander Archer does. What is your opinion of the upper deck? Was it a good or bad idea by the producers, in your opinion? I, I do not like the upper deck. We had so the reason we ran Malice B one again this year is because, um, because of this upper deck thirty days before the event. Uh, we horizontals in general need a lot of space to maneuver in the arena, and we had the problem with Malice is we can't take on wedges. Like 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 wedges are just our downfall, and so we had this solved in version two. Um, but now with the upper deck, it, version two is too long and it's better in, in our opinion, we thought it would be better to at least try to maybe get a robot that didn't have a wedge, um, or a wedge that we could get through, uh, than it was to try to run V2, uh, with this shelf that was going to be in the way now. Taking away 30% of the arena 30 days before the event was... It was really hard for us. I understand why production did it, and I'm 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 glad that they are trying new ways to uh, get more watcher more watchers engaged in the fight. But I think they should have given us more notice. When did you have to make that kind of game time decision to run V one? Thirty days before the the second they showed us this oh. shelf, we we pulled the plug on V two. We had um, wow. all the parts and everything, and we we were ready to go with V two. 
and that was not gonna that was not gonna fly so we had to go back to v1 and make a bunny tail really quickly and thank god printed solid was there to make us a bunny tail so wow wow that's really rough yeah but luckily we're reusing a lot of the parts for the new v2 <laughs> that's <laughs> gonna that's gonna happen so we'll see <laughs> 2.5 yeah that's what actually that's what we call it is 2.5 now so uh al al what about you i think that it it's killer for horizontals um so obviously i don't care yeah um, vert vert rule it, vert rule king vert <laughs> the, the weird no the weird thing is one of the reasons that was kind of thrown around was to oh they, they we want to do something to try to Stop verts from dominating. Um, I'm not sure how this accomplished that when it, it didn't hurt verts at all. Uh, honestly, it doesn't hurt blacksmith at all. It provides us with uh, spaces to pin. Um, Alleys of death. Spaces to get. Spaces to corral a horizontal. I mean, if you're a horizontal, I mean, it's awful. And it's one thing if you had time to plan for it. But it, it really did come, I think it was about three weeks from ship date. And that's just kind of... You know, a few guys. But, um, yeah, for us personally, not a big deal. And we really don't care. It didn't hurt us or help us. In theory, it gives us some wall surface to pin inside the flame zone where we really couldn't do before. We we're not we can't use the fire on the outer wall if we have somebody pinned because they, they yet get crabby about the Lexan. So, theoretically, with the shelf, we could do that if we if we were able to and so far we haven't been able to so it, it's really a non-factor for us yeah yeah um that, that makes sense so uh this next question is from andrew freytag hey bunny uh in your opinion what's your favorite weight class to fight at oh so this is i used to love the big robots i used to be exclusively a big robot person because i thought the little ones were so annoying but now that they have the new like like there's new motors there's lipos that are a lot lighter i love fighting in the 30 pounds like 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 those are the best robots i think 30 pound is the perfect weight class it's big enough that you get like those massively scary hits that you know smash into the arena wall and you're genuinely concerned for your life for a second and um but they're still small enough that you can carry them on a plane i really think the 30 pounds are like absolutely the best robots now. All right. So we have a couple last questions here uh, before we let you go. Uh, one is from Lindsay Eureko who says, bunny, I was at Norwalk in December. It was my first live robot combat event. And even as a fan, I was so impressed by the sportsmanship that you showed there. Uh, my questions are to both of you. Uh, what have you learned from each other? That's a, that's a wholesome question, Lindsay. I like that. I don't know if this will take a wholesome turn, but. <laughs> I learned how to be grumpy from Al and still be cute. Did you just say I was cute? Yes. I, I learned that Bunny is unfortunately facing vision problems as she ages. Um, <laughs> but, uh... I am colorblind. I am colorblind. People don't know this, but I am um, red-green colorblind, so I have a lot of trouble with red and green. Wow, see, you don't know Malice is like pink and green? <laughs> I know, right? No, you know what's so funny is David Rush is also colorblind. So um, I didn't realize how, like, vibrantly red Big Red is and how vibrantly, like, like it, to me it looks like a dull, like, 
reddish brown to me and so rush brings over these glasses and i and i put these glasses on that like let you see color and i was genuinely shocked i was like what <laughs> okay <laughs> i am genuinely facing um, problems but you're still cute al despite my color blindness you're still cute okay <laughs> <laughs> This is great. All right. Um, is there anyone in the pits that you've played a prank on? Uh, and do you have any behind the scenes kind of funny stories that you could share? Let's pick on JMO. Um, one day, John and I, my teammate John, we were walking through the pits and we walked past Sawblaze just because we like to go over there and snoop and see what he's doing just because, you know, we like his bot and his weapon and all that, obviously. And he was sitting there very intently practicing figure eights in the pit with his little mini, I don't know if it's three pounds or whatever, but it's like an exact replica of Sawblaze. So he was driving practice in the pits, and which is really smart. We're like, wow, that's something that we should look into. And he's doing figure eights and all these great maneuvers or whatever. And the very next fight, I don't know if it was this recent fight, it was like the first hit was like bang and it was out or bang and the wheel was gone. It was something hysterical. And we just looked at each other and cracked up and that was just... That's like one of the few things I remember from this event, honestly. And sorry, Damon. It was, it was just, it's funny because it was like the next fight after we saw him intently practicing and like he made a rare mistake and it showed him his wheel. So I don't know. That's not a good story. Sorry. No, that's, that's good. I mean, it, I think it is, uh, it's funny, but it also like highlights how intense that guy is about this sport. Like, I don't know if there are many more people out there, like more kind of um, just like engrossed in like the technical side of things. So that that's an interesting no. story. Uh, just on that. And that's one of the things that like, I always say Sawblaze and I always say JMO and, you know, I, I kid around a lot and, you know, I try to have fun with it afterwards, but leading up to it at the event, my team is actually incredibly intense and it's one of the reasons that the events usually aren't that much fun for us because we take it so seriously and we put our hearts into it. We're very intense and competitive. My teammate, Alan, is one of the most in intense, competitive people I've ever met. Um, he usually doesn't make a sound. So if you ever hear him curse, it's like you're terrified because, you know, he's very, you know, he's very, <laughs> the nicest guy you ever want to meet. And I look at other teams and I don't see the same intensity in everybody. And JMO absolutely matches our intensity for this sport. And I just, I appreciate that. So I always kind of use him as an example. And I do love, I legit love Sawblaze. And my next favorite bot after Sawblaze would be Tazbot. So you have to go back like 20 years. So, and <laughs> it's similar reasons. I you know they're just different. I mean, Donald does his own thing, his, his style. The bots look good as well as perform good, and that that's some of the things that I look for. I love that, and it, it kind of um, it wraps up with uh, Lindsay's last comment here, which is a uh, thank you both for one of the most wholesome moments of the season. It warmed my heart to see you both fist bumping at the end, and I just think like you know, hearing builders talk about other builders in that regard is always so wholesome. So um, that is uh, that's really nice to hear. 
Um, you know, my favorite wholesome moment at the event is after the jackpot fight, they dogpiled on my team. Like, their whole team came and <laughs> dogpiled on us. And I don't know why they cut it, but because it was such a fun moment. And it's the same with Al. Like, I love those moments where after the event, after the fight, you guys just still love each other. And it's still just a fun, it was a fun thing with, between friends. That's so sweet. Oh, I wish that they had showed that. Maybe, uh, maybe in the blooper reel. If... <laughs> I guess that's not a thing, but um, so uh, Andre Cruz says, uh, Bunny, how do you keep up with that bubbly energy that is so infectious that it always just brings a smile to my face whenever you are on screen? And Al, don't worry, there's a follow up for you <laughs> to, to this one. <laughs> no, Al's the bubbly one. I don't know what you're talking about. It's not me. Um, <laughs> no, being around these people makes it super easy. Like, like you know, they're all just so wonderful and great. It's it's hard to not be excited and and. I, I think if you're not finding the joy and the fun and everything in this, it, it's maybe it's time to retire if you're if you're having issues finding that happiness in your life. Like like, you should do things that make you happy. And if you, you're not as bubbly as me, you should do other things that until you find something that makes you as bubbly as me. I love that. Absolutely, a- amen to that. Uh, so I guess kind of on the flip side, <laughs> uh, Andre asks Al. How do you feel being a cult-like meme personality in the BattleBots community? Do you harness that meme energy into Blacksmith? And is that the secret to Blacksmith's undying power? I think if we were able to do that, we might win a few matches. So I don't know if that's (laughs) really working. But as far as the memes go, I mean, whatever. It It is what it is. I just, you know, I do what comes naturally. I don't go out there with a plan to be a jerk off on camera. It just kind of happens. I don't think you're a jerk, Al. I think it's awesome. I think all the memes are made out of love. I agree. Hey, whatever it is, they don't boo nobody. So even if you're if you're getting booed or if you're getting cheered, you're getting a reaction. So you're winning. That's true. All right, last couple of questions here from our uh, BattleBot superfan, Mary Catherine Carr. Um, so she, her, her first question, and I'll only read one or two cause she has a few, um, you're somewhat both seen as villains on the show. How hard is it to maintain that persona and how do you think that it helps or hurts you? I love being a villain and I think that I maintain it super well and no one ever sees my true personality underneath the villain mask. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I love being a villain. I love, so everywhere else in my whole life, I have to be always smiling and always happy and always, you know, doing everything. And coming to BattleBots, I get to play more. I get to play, um, I don't know. I don't, I'm not, like, I love being able to, like, play fight with people and play, like, with people. I I get to be my true self here on BattleBots. And it's, and it's nice to, to be able to not have to be the bubbly person all the time. I like that. Uh, Al, what about you? I had no idea I was a villain, but um, I'm okay with that. I, I wish I actually had the um, the gojones to go full villain like Jake. I mean, he really embraces it, and uh, even Ray to some respects. But I, I don't know if I really have it, have it in me to go full, full dark side. But maybe a few more bad calls, and it'll just kind of happen. But we'll see. <laughs> Uh, her next question is how do you deal with naysayers of your robots and, and even of yourselves at times? Cause you know, people on the internet love to love to comment. I just offer them stickers. That's like the best, like, like thanks for your opinion. Here's some merch. 
please see the link below to the blacksmith hex bug. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's the best way. <laughs> exactly. That's the best way. I, 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 don't, I don't even remember the names. I love it. Uh, Ten minutes later, like like I I just genuinely any naysayers. It doesn't. If uh, Ray Ray Billings always tells me if you're not willing to buy the person lunch, their opinion doesn't matter. Don't pay them no mind if they're not paying your bills. But yeah, I mean, I know I know like there have been a number of builders who have kind of like left the BattleBots group or muted it because it just sometimes like breeds a lot of toxicity. So I think that having that attitude is really important because. It, I imagine, can really weigh a lot of people down. Um, but, like, by and large, this entire community loves, loves, loves everything that you all do. And, um, like, you know, the, the, we're the ones that matter. <laughs> not, not the naysayers out there. So, um, uh, I, last question here is, what's the best piece of advice that you've been given in life and in combat robotics? Uh, and Al, uh, she says that you can't say, turn back now. Um, wow. Yeah, we're ending on a deep question here. Like, Very deep. I, I, I like that uh, buy him lunch comment that Bunny just did. That's, that's a good one. I mean, I just heard that a minute ago. Um, so I probably shouldn't use that one. Oh. Um, I have another one for you. Jim Ye told me it'll only take 30 minutes. Everything in life will only take 30 minutes. And, and it's, it's really true. Because like, 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 once you get started, after the 30 minutes, you want to keep going. Wow, I need to remind myself of that at work every day. <laughs> I got, I got a ton of them. Al, come on, you got it. You can, you can think of one. Um, no good deed goes unpunished. Truth. Facts. Spit facts. No cap here. <laughs> Well, it has been an absolute blast and so funny just to hang out with you this last hour and learn from you and talk with you. Al, you know, I, I understand why you might want to retire, but we really don't want you to. So I hope that we'll, we'll see you again, um, you know, next season and in the future. And Bunny, I can tell that you are not going anywhere. So um, we are just um, such big fans of all of yours and we can't wait to see you again in the battle box again soon. Yeah. Thanks. Yay, thanks for having thanks. us. Thanks for coming, Al. I'm only here because of Al. <laughs> <laughs> you need better friends. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they give the best advice. Didn't you just hear? What? I, I, so, um, do I got to buy you lunch now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anytime, Al. I'll buy the lunch. All right. Tacos. Tacos! <laughs> no, taquitos. That's what I was eating before. Some of the some green scrambled <laughs> eggs from uh, the caterer, the first caterer. We'll throw some spinach on there, and, and then your wife can join us. After the break, we'll return with this week's installment of Robots Around the World. Welcome back from the break. Time for Robots Around the World. This week, we're traveling to Italy, where engineers have built a robot that's designed to follow you around and carry your shopping bags. The robot is named Gita. Um, Gita opens up like a cooler and can carry up to 40 pounds of cargo in its body. It can recognize its owner in a crowd, match its owner's pace, and wait outside the store until its owner comes out. If you get tired, you can even climb on top of Gita and it will cart you around to your next destination. So uh, what do you think about this cute little guy? This is like the, the best shopping invention, I think, probably of the century, all right? 
Like, okay, imagine you're at the mall and um, you are being a good American consumer, just um, just with, with every swipe of your credit card, just enlarging that giant, giant mountain of plastic that is growing in the Pacific Ocean at just worrying levels, you know. And your greatest pain point, Kyle, is that your shopping bags are too heavy, okay? And and you are you are at risk now of going home early because you're you have more than forty pounds of shopping bags. All right, this is truly a late stage capitalism product that uh, is designed for a, a a champagne problem that I can't even imagine that we're trying to solve for. All right, there there are people who are trying to get water. Okay, today. All right, we could build a water robot, you know, that follows them back to their their hut. But uh, instead, we are we are just stuffing this this indulgent robot from Italy, full of like uh, Italian handbags. Kyle, it is it's amazing. It's wonderful. It's the best robot we could possibly imagine. Kyle, I can't think of a better one. To the credit of the design team, all of the advertising for the robot does not show people putting bags in it, but rather just um, produce and gallons of milk and bottles oh. of water. Okay. All right. Yeah. Maybe the point of the robot is that it replaces your shopping bags. Oh, I see. I see. Got it. Got it. And it follows you around like through the... Uh... But what I mean, it follows you to your car, and then you got to load it into your car. It's not like you're taking the robot home with you, right? I mean, that—that's the part you that I don't get. The robot home with you. Yeah. How do you load this huge robot into your car? It's Italy, all right. Yeah, maybe maybe in Italy, it's not supposed to be um, like this. Is the the robot you take with you down the street to the market? Oh, like oh, you I get see. out of your. Your ha- your little apartment. You walk down the street. This guy follows you like a little puppy dog. It's got two big wheels on either side of it, by the way. It's super cute. Yeah. Um, and it does have two carrying handles on the side. So you could, I guess, pick it up by those handles and toss it into a trunk if you need to. Um, oh, and it's got a little face. It's got a little <laughs> face on it. It needs a face, Kyle, of course. You got to give yeah. robots a face. Yeah, yeah. You got to give robots a face. I I am uh, I am I, I was going to go with your late stage capitalism complaints about this robot, but now now I want one. I think they're cool. Okay, good, good. I I love I love I how we create. <laughs> yeah, um, just as as the oceans are rising, we're just going to keep cranking out robots that can help us carry around our our consumer goods, Kyle. It's great. All right. Um, the I love it. I mean, it's so funny to, to for me to like think of. Uh, okay, imagine your grocery store application. Let's say you owned Gita. All right. By the way, this is going to be a robot as a service. Okay. I, but let's say, in theory, you owned Gita. All right. You uh, pack it up into your car. You get to the grocery store. You have what a ramp that's off of the back of your car, so that this robot can come down and wait for you outside of the store. You come out with all of your shopping bags. It it traverses a, a, a you know a parking lot of 50 meters possibly and then you unload your bags and then you have to put in a huge yeti cooler sized robot into your car the whole thing it's just it's wild this is for rich people kyle all right um maybe yes it, the the robot only weighs 28 pounds by the way 
Yeah. Listen, if I can't carry my own so bags, I, I can't pick up a 20-pound robot, all right? It can carry four, 20 pounds for 21 miles, and it can carry 40 pounds for 12 miles. 12 I think this is a very miles. Wow. Okay. Correct. I take it back. This I mean. is great. I think it's supposed to go with you to the floor. Everybody should have one, Kyle. Let's just start cranking these out. I totally, I totally agree with you. Let's do it. Let's let's get Gita's. I would not want to ride it though. Really? I want a Gita. I would not want to ride it though. The top of it's kind of curved. Like I feel like I would slip off. Yeah, and you have to weigh less than forty pounds too. Right. It could probably only carry you for like two miles if you weighed more than forty pounds. I love it. I want one. I can't wait for the inevitable scene in some futuristic action movie when the hero pulls uh, some kind of super space laser gun out of the top of it uh, for a fight in a grocery store. Love it, Kyle. Well, that's about it for us today. We want to thank Nelly the Ellie Bot, Captain Sarah Mollian for providing our amazing new outro music. We'll be back in your feed next Wednesday with another mystery guest. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye. There once was a bot who's from the sea was the crackin' of teeth The lights went up The buzzer sounds Although my scaly girl go Soon may the spinner man come To knock her teeth right from her gums One day when the fighting is done She'll take her teeth and go She'd not been two weeks from shore When out did come her metal jaw The captain called all hands and swore He'd take that spinner in tow From her gums One day when the fighting is done She'll take her 